0: Hello and welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Uh, I've been doing these readings online live up until uh, this morning, uh, reading through Acts 1 to 16, but I thought what I'll do next is I'll just do this offline uh, just because I've been getting distracted with messages and stuff. So I just really want to get through the whole book of Acts and uh, then I'll post this as one single video, I guess which no one will watch because it would be so terribly boring along. But yeah, for what it's worth, this is Acts chapter 17. Um, now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them, and they were all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king. And the people of the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things, and when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. You now I tell you, that's one thing really Tempting about doing this and recording is and that's it. I feel like turning it off and doing it again <laughs> with all the slip ups. Uh, but no, I need to keep going. Uh, and yeah, okay, all right. So, what am I looking at here? It's Paul doing his thing, going to the synagogue, preaching the gospel, but then there's kickback, you know, there's opposition. And this time round, the force of the opposition is felt by someone else, uh, it's by this guy. Jason. And verse 6 is because they could not find Paul. So what they did was they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities. And that's because Jason is this really good guy. He's been hosting them in his home. And so he gets uh, caught up in a crossfire. And so they grab him instead. They couldn't find Paul. They grabbed him instead, brought him to the judge, to the magistrate. And they bring charges. and said, these men have Turn the world upside down have come here also. Come to our city. We don't need guys like this. And so he wants to punish them. uh, And what they did was um, they took money from him and then they let him go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so um, kind of like the cost of even being associated with Paul, I guess. You know, um, just even hosting someone, hanging around with them, you get painted with the same brush. Uh, I was hanging out with some friends yesterday and they're friends from church in Singapore and we went up for lunch and we did what we normally did. We kind of like said grace, prayed before the meal and it was like a good half hour later that the people next to our table got up and they said, oh, I'm sorry to, to bother you but I just want to say how refreshing it was that you prayed before you had your meal. And so... um, that started the whole thing you know conversation talk to them they were really really friendly this really loving husband and wife uh, who were both pastors and um, they had kids and so this was a date you know it's their anniversary they got someone to look after their kids there's a special meal that they were having out together in the city and for them it was just really encouraged uh, encouraging to see someone else you know uh, just pray give thanks to god before having their meals And I guess it's that kind of association again. You know, because I was there and they were praying, because I was there and I was with other Christians, you know, in a very positive way, this was an encouraging thing for someone else to see just because they were sitting next to us. But imagine if uh, people didn't like the fact that Christians prayed before their meals. They didn't like the fact that maybe you're hanging out with someone who does like stuff like this. (laughs) It's very vocal. About uh, what it means to read the Bible and what it says, and that it's really a word of God. It it can uh, cause them to be annoyed with you for hanging out with them. And that's what happens to Jason. And there's a cause involved. And um, it doesn't say whether Jason was happy with that, but it just says that that's what happened. And I think it's just the reality of how um, you're either, I don't know, with them or against them. It's so polarizing, and yet um, and it's a bit sad that it needs to result in this kind of conflict. But that's a reality. We're seeing this more and more, actually, I think, in the book of Acts, more and more opposition, more and more hostility towards the gospel, and particularly against Paul because he's being so effective in preaching the gospel and everywhere that he goes to. There's a cost to be paid. Verse 10, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night, Uh, to berea and when they arrived they went into the jewish synagogue now these jews were more noble than those in thessalonica they received the word with all eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so many of them therefore believed and not a few greek women of high standing as well as men but when the jews from thessalonica heard that the word of god was proclaimed by paul at berea also they came there too agitating and stirring up the crowds then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving command from Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. So they are, they are constantly evacuating Paul. You know, people are following him. You know, these troublemakers. They see Paul is going there. They go all the way to that other city. It's not even their own city. They go all the way from Thessalonica to Berea to cause trouble. Because up until that point, you know, Paul is having quite a good response. You know, he goes into the synagogue, verse 10, and then verse 11, these Jews were more noble, you know, more upright than the people in the previous town in Thessalonica. And they received the word with eagerness. And what they did was they examined the scriptures daily to see if it was so, to check it out. They didn't just take Paul's word at face value, they checked, hey, you know, he said this, does the Bible say this as well? They checked it up for themselves, and that showed their nobility, their eagerness, their um, just their character that was more noble than the people in Thessalonica. In contrast, those guys, they're troublemakers. They cause trouble at home. They cause trouble outside of home. They're just causing trouble, and, you know, it's just that kind of restlessness that just the thought of Paul preaching to other people you know, caused them to go, oh no, I got to stop him. I got I to cause trouble for him. And so Paul has to move again You know, from Berea. Now he goes to Athens. Athens, this is verse 16. <coughs> now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. Everywhere he looked, you know, whoa, this is this is not good it is not good the fact that people are bowing down and they're worshiping things that are not god you know things that are false gods it troubled him in his spirit so what did he do verse 17 he reasoned in a synagogue with the jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there, be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, and some said, what does this babbler wish to say? others said he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. So they thought Jesus and Anastasis, they thought this was two different gods. He was preaching Jesus and resurrection. That's why he said these are foreign deities because he's supposed to be Jewish. He's supposed to be talking about God, but they think that he's introducing additional idols and gods to their pantheon, to their... To their Sainsbury checkout uh, counter of gods that kind of thing um, yeah and they took him and brought him to the Areopagus saying may we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting for you bring you bring some strange things to our ears we wish to know therefore what these things are now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new So, is there a place for you to do this there's this place called Areopagus or Mars Hill And it's a place where you debate new ideas. Kopitiam conversations is where you have tea. Kopitiam is where uh, it's a coffee shop in Malaysia. It's where, you know, uncles will sit down and then they just talk about politics and stuff that's happening in the tabloids. And, you know, Paul seems to be another uncle. You know, tell us something juicy that we can talk about. Verse 22. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way. You are very religious. Mm, something might be. Mm. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. So, you know, you want to cover all their bases. They have this God, that God, that God, that God, that God. And then just in case we haven't covered all the gods, there's this one, <laughs> one altar. It says, just in case we haven't covered you god you know this this one unknown god you know we don't know what we don't know so agnostic but yet idolatrous yeah uh, what therefore you worship as unknown this i proclaim to you i'm going to tell you stuff that you've never heard before the god who heard, who made a world and everything in it being lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples built made by hands nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And even some of your own poets have said, For we are indeed his offspring. And it's interesting that he is quoting not from the bible these are quotes from their prophets from their poets actually rather you know these are you know maybe even songs that used to sing it's almost like you're quoting the beatles of bob dylan or Lady gaga to kind of show that everyone is searching for something and yet what they're really searching for is god And the quote, the two quotes he gives is, in him we live and move and have our being. That means the only reason why we're able to exist is because of God. And some of them said we are his offspring. You know, we are children of God, that we are meant to reflect that we are his creation, but also reflect this relationship that we have with God as, as a father, as a father. So there's some elements of truth in this, And Paul, you know, remembering that he was really troubled in heart before this, you know, he could have gone full guns blazing, you know, condemn, 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 condemn. But he said, you know, he wants to reason with them. He wants to attract them to the gospel. He says, you know, this is a God that you don't know, you're looking for, let me introduce him to you. Uh, one other thing he mentions is that God made everything. You cannot make something for God. You know, God, if you, if you made everything, you know, you're, you're at that kind of scale compared to God. And therefore, you can't build a temple for him. You can't build an idol for him. You can't build anything that will almost constrain God to your building or structure or even your ideology. God is much, much bigger than us. I think that's the idea. God is God, and therefore, we are his creation. And there needs to be this respect for the scale, for the magnitude, for the Godness of God verse 29. Being then God's offspring or God's children, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by art and imagination of man. We cannot think that we can invent God. If God is God, he created us. We cannot create him. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. He doesn't actually mention Jesus, but he says there's this man, and this this man that God has raised from the dead. Now, God has raised him from the dead as a proof of something, a proof that this man is really from God, and this man will judge on behalf of God it says here he commands people to repent because he has fixed the day verse 31 there's a definite time and day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man so God is bringing about judgment over all our ignorance through a man whom he has raised from the dead that's his gospel (laughs) not salvation not that hey repent and then you'll be saved but judgment God is going to judge all our hearts and all our worship and false worship through a man whom he has raised from the dead the resurrection is therefore proof that God will judge not proof that he will save but God will judge the man God all men through Jesus Christ and the proof of it is that he's raised from the dead interesting right Verse 32, now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. (sighs) Who can believe in that? But others said, we will hear you again on this, about this. So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined him, and they believed. You know, some people heard, and they heard enough for them to believe that Jesus is the Christ, among whom also were Dionysius the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. And the fact that It mentions these people by name you know Dionysius the woman named Damaris and a few others it means that you know these are people that um, Luke at least wants to highlight hey if you go to Athens today look up Damaris look up Dionysius because they're probably like bible study leaders they probably eventually went on to be leaders in the church and it's saying that this is how it began it began with Paul reasoning with them bringing them to a point of knowledge. You know, they started in ignorance. They didn't know who got point of knowledge, but point of knowledge of seriousness of God's judgment over their false worship. And that was enough, enough for them to turn away and to start inquiring and to start seeking after Christ. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's um, Acts 17 uh, in video format. I'm not doing this live, uh, but no edits. Yeah, uh, hopefully this is helpful. Thank you for listening. Um, There's going to be more. There's going to be more videos coming. It's 18, 19, all the way to 28. But thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Take care and God bless. Bye.